Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. L.A. Berlin. In this episode, we're talking about roadblocks to postpartum recovery. My guest is a sassy mother of two sassy girls. She juggles her family life with a busy career as a celebrity men's groomer, making sure that America's sexiest men look just right from the scalp up. After giving birth, she experienced frustrating postnatal challenges, which took a long time to diagnose and treat. She joins us in this episode to share her personal experiences in hope of helping others who may be looking for answers to similar problems. Casey Fee Butterfield, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. It's great to have you here. And I know this is kind of personal stuff that we're talking about. I'm grateful to you at the beginning for coming and sharing it. And, you know, not everybody would. And I know exactly why you're doing it. Because actually, once we started talking about these things, I realized over the years, I've been hearing about them. It's the same story. From more and more people. And like, as you started to put puzzle pieces together, things clicked for me in a big way. And already, since you shared your story with me just personally, um, I've been able to take that information and help several other people in just a short period of time. So let's get to the meat of it. First of all, let's talk about your pregnancies. You've got two sassy kids. Yes, indeed. They two girls. Your, your sass gene. Yep, they do. <laughs> they inherited the sass gene. Two girls. How are your pregnancies? My pregnancies. Um, well, my first pregnancy was pretty easy, pretty low maintenance all the way through. Um, I kind you don't of, hear that a lot. I mean, it's not how people describe pregnancy today, mostly. No, but it, <laughs> it was awesome. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. It's interesting um, because it was one of those things where I, I wasn't sure what my relationship to it was at first. And then I went and decided to do some hypnobirthing classes. And that kind of connected me to the pregnancy and then just kind of put me in a very calm place and very zen about the whole thing. And um, it was towards the end where actually I met you because um, I've always had neck and back issues, so that just started to kick in towards the end. Mm. But um, it makes sense because I've since I've met you, you've always been pretty zen. So I must have met you after the hypno stuff. Right. It was only after that. Yeah, it had to be after I that. I can't imagine otherwise what I things were like before. Very high strung. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it was the actual birth that was the funny part of this whole pregnancy. My first pregnancy. Like is, haha, funny. Well. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Good. Looking back on it, for sure. <laughs> Not in the moment. Not what in happened? the moment. How did it so start? I had a doula. I had my doctor. Um, I was living in West Hollywood, but I had to deliver in Santa Monica at St. John's. Okay, so for people not Southern California, that is no. across on the other side. Of it's the other side town, of town. So basically. with zero traffic, right. like about twenty-five minutes. Yeah, maybe? which is fine. But sometimes it could be yeah, hours because the hospital. Closest to me wasn't taking my insurance at the time, oh, wow. but my doctor was delivering over there as well. So that's where we decided mm, to do welcome it. Welcome to our medical system. So here I am. My water breaks at about 11.30 p.m. Um, call the doctor on call. He says, it's your first. You want to do most of your laboring at home, which is what I wanted to do. You know, maybe come in at like 8 in the morning. So I'm like, okay, great. Check back in. And then I spoke to my doula. She agreed as well. So I'm like, all right, cool. We've got the night. So going through it, um, contractions start in at about 2.30 in the morning. And, you know, and they're progressively getting more intense. By 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm in serious pain. And my whole plan was to try and do natural. For you, natural means unmedicated? Unmedicated. So here I am, like, in excruciating amounts of pain. And I said to my husband, I'm like, F that. I'm, I'm getting medicine. Like, by the, when we get there, I'm getting the epidural. I'm not going through another six hours of this, you know, because here I think I'm, like, mid-stage. What are you doing to stay comfortable through it or to just manage it, write it? 
We were at home. I was sitting on, bouncing on the ball, and I, I went into the shower. I kind of was like everything I had learned just kind of. You weren't just hypno calm. <laughs> I wasn't hypno. I, I was breathing. I was breathing. Okay. And um, I have a pretty good pain threshold. You do. So, yes, I have a good high tolerance for pain. So, but my, you didn't think to call your doula at that time because your doula still wasn't with you, right? No, and I did. Well, my mom came. She had just flown in from New York mm. the night before, which I then said to my belly. I said um, before the water broke, I said, "Cece's here, my mom." Yeah. <laughs> so you're okay. You can come now. And, and then, this is ten boom. days early, by the way. Okay. So um, it was the same night that, that so your I had water her broke? fly early, like change her flight, fly out earlier because I'm like, I think this baby's coming. So that night after we saw her for dinner is when my water broke. Oh wow! And then so she comes in. I usually go. We, we yep. There it is. <laughs> we call her. Was it a gush? Like unmistakable. This is my water. Gush. Yes. It started as like a leaky faucet. Yeah. I ran to the bathroom and then it gushed. Gush. Oh wow. And I just said. Thank God I wasn't anywhere public for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Different story. Yes, entirely. So we, we tell my mom it's time to come over. She comes over. She takes one look at me, pulls my husband aside and says, we have to go now. Oh, wow. So call Adula. She's like, I'm trying to get my kids to school. I'll oh. make it there as fast as I possibly can. Wow. It's now rush hour. Right. This is what we talked about. This is what we talked about. 25 minutes with no traffic. So we're stuck in rush hour traffic mm. at the Wilshire Corridor, which is almost to where we need to be. I swear to God, I sound like a dying cow, <laughs> and I think this baby's coming out of me. Oh, no. <laughs> we could have named her Wilshire because it almost happened because we get to the hospital. They put me in the wheelchair. They wheel me up. They take one look at me, and they're like, this baby's coming. I'm sorry. We have no time for your doctor, no time for your doula. Are you okay with the labor specialist delivering this baby? Oh, wow. They took a look at your face or they took a look at your Both. baby? Okay. <laughs> Both. I can tell. And, and 22 minutes later, wow. nine pushes. Holy cow. She was out. That's amazing. It was amazing. So you did, it was intense. So not only did you do <laughs> unmedicated amazing. birth, you did unmedicated no doula birth and without your doctor? Uh, yeah, everybody, yeah. It's funny that they said at the beginning, like, 8 a.m. from yeah. nighttime. It's like, first of all, because conveniently, first, like, after so, breakfast. Because it was only a total of six, was it six hours? Or, yeah, I yeah, guess. I usually thought that first baby will take a while, but yeah. it doesn't always. So she came flying <laughs> into this world, and she's been Nice. So great since. pregnancy, and then yeah. pretty great birth. Yeah. But it, then it was actually, it was actually a post-birth for both of mine that I had. Probably More the hardest issue. time with mastitis and oh. all of that. But then my second one. I just for one second do not envy your husband who was driving the car. Oh. During I, that moment. Oh, not at all. And then my mom. So much pressure. Was driving behind him. No. <laughs> a white knuckled. <laughs> there was my one point. There was a crosswalk. And Tom, my husband, stops at the crosswalk to let this old man walk walk it through the crosswalk yeah. and my mom is watching this from behind like just run him over <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like she rear-ended you guys <laughs> no no she probably was about to but um oh. no it was hilarious in retrospect how fun yeah it was fun second pregnancy second pregnancy well, not that far apart 21 months apart mm -hmm. so you know definitely more about this one um actually i yeah i had a tough time this second time around 
started out just, well, running after a 20-month-old toddler baby. She was still baby, my oldest one. And then I had migraines, and then I, I had to go to a wedding in London for a weekend, came back, had bronchitis for like three and a half weeks oh, yeah. because I couldn't take proper can't medication. can't take anything, yeah. Yeah, so and then there was that, and then I got into my car accident. Mm. I was like seven months pregnant, I think, at that point. Much more eventful pregnancy. Yeah. I got into the car accident, so i seeing a lot of you. And then... Um, you said, sorry to have been seeing a lot of you. Yeah. That was the best thing about the car accident. Oh, well, thanks. I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> You're the greatest uh, thing about my fender my, bender. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And then I went to work. I was still working, and I was eight months pregnant at this point. I was still able to travel, and I went to Toronto for the film festival mm-hmm. where I'm on my feet the whole time for five days and then came back and then went to New York to visit my family before I was cut off from traveling. And it was in New York where all of a sudden I couldn't – sciatic nerve. There was so much pain in my back and lower back and radiating down my leg. I couldn't walk. I was debilitated. And I was in so much pain. And I went and saw my mom's acupuncturist and her chiropractor and stuff while we were still there. And nothing was helping. And then I almost sliced my thumb off. I remember with, that. With the bagel slicer. This is why you became one of my favorite people. Because yeah. you came back and I saw you at, like, I don't know, Sunday morning maybe? Yeah. At 7, 6, something in the morning. Uh-huh. As I'll do if somebody needs help, some you know. And you brought bagels for everybody. Yes. Well, it was such. 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. I know, but you could morning. hardly walk. You almost sliced your thumb off. and you on still a bagel On a bagel slicer. I would have thought no bagels. You wouldn't want to be around bagels for a long, long time. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. Uh, New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker, too. H&H bagels. Yeah. So I had to go to the urgent care to get my thumb stitched up. And then I have to go and have a wheelchair service in the airport and to get me back to L.A., wow. which then I came to see you, and we couldn't figure it out. I did acupuncture here. We did treatments, and we're trying to figure this out until you felt around and you were like, your baby's breached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's try and get her turned around. And So just one more adventure. One more adventure. For an already adventurous. And mm. then um, it took a couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. But you're like, watch this. When she turns, you're going to have no more pain. Yeah. And you turned her. Wow. And I made space. I was able to walk again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember distinctly. I mean, you could barely move. I could barely move. And then as soon as your kid flipped over. Yeah. I you, ended you up having move. to stop working a month earlier than I wanted to. And so. Well. And then she came. Yeah. How was that one birth-wise? Oh, so then my doctor said, as soon as your water breaks, <laughs> you are going to the hospital. Right away. Like right away. There's no waiting around. There's no laboring at home. And I said, okay, done. And actually, it was the exact same amount of time. Oh, really? From start to finish? You mean? From start to finish. And it was um, five pushes instead of nine. And again, non-medicated. Oh, wow. Because this time around, I said, all right, well, when I thought I was halfway there, I was able to handle it. It was horrible, but I was able to handle it and get through it. So therefore, I know I can do it again. And I did. Rockstar times 12. You know. Well, and also, too, like with the amount of pain I went through with Alice being breached and all that, and I was like, I got this. (laughs) Yeah, and you did. Were you back on the west side again? 
No, I was so at Cedars. Closer Hospital. Oh okay. yeah, now it was like right. ten minutes away. <laughs> yeah, there, I wasn't. I was <laughs> even with traffic. Wasn't doing that again. All right, yeah. we're going to take a little break. You know, the episode is really about postpartum here and the interesting things that you experienced and your journey to finding solutions. We'll I'll be right back with Casey Fee Butterfield. <laughs> I have an incredible offer for you for my friends at Needed. An astounding 95% of women aren't meeting their omega-3 needs. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA and EPA, are crucial for both mother and baby. They support brain and eye health, maternal mood, immunity, and much more. But it can be hard to get enough omega-3 from diet alone, especially during pregnancy when many people are averse to eating fish. And if you've ever taken a fish oil pill, you know just how unpleasant that can be. That's why I'm excited to share that my friends at Needed have revolutionized the omega-3 supplement with two different options designed specifically for mamas. An omega-3 powder that blends into smoothies and a pill option that tastes like fresh citrusy bergamot. Both are sustainably sourced from vegan algae, not fish. Both are great options for nausea and sensitive prone mamas. Needed's Omega-3 powder is delivered in liposomes, nature's very cool way of protecting and delivering Omega-3 just like in breast milk. Needed's Omega-3 is clinically proven to be five times better absorbed than fish oil pills. The powder is mild tasting and it pairs great with Needed's prenatal multi-powder and collagen protein powder in a daily smoothie. If powder isn't your thing, Needed's got you covered with those Omega-3 plus capsules, which have a pleasant citrus flavor. Needed is sharing in awesome pre-order discount just for my listeners buy two get one free on either omega-3 option powder or capsules you can stock up on either one or try them both with this exclusive discount use code three berlin the number three berlin at this is needed.com put three omega-3s in your cart use the code number three berlin at this is needed.com buy two get one free Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Casey Fee Butterfield. Okay, first of all, very inspiring pregnancy and birth stories. Thanks. I mean, the first one is being so uneventful and just like, oh, yeah, I was pregnant, and then um, I calmed down and had my kid. Wow. And then the second one, a few more things, but yeah. still, like you it's just— It's actually even interesting there, personalities. <laughs> really? Yeah. You like that? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's more of an intensity with my little one. Second one? And then, the, and then my first one is just kind of free spirit. That's so interesting because I feel like as a generalization, maybe an observation, it goes the other way oftentimes where the first one's yeah. so intense and just, you Yeah, know, it's true. And the second one's just chilled out. All right. Anyway, what happened after you had your kids? How was your recovery? My recovery? Oh, um, with pregnancy as a whole, my recovery was definitely the hardest part of experiencing pregnancy. I've always had issues with hormones and I've had some bouts of depression and things like that. So, you know, the first time around, I guess it was like experiencing, I never experienced postpartum depression, but just kind of moods and general kind of mental well-being and just kind of being sluggish and down. And I had gained a lot of weight both pregnancies, which then I came to find out it was a huge, massive struggle to get off. But did you get it off after the first, before the second? I didn't get all of it off. I was able to get a lot of it off. Okay. 
but not all of it. But even because that was the, a big because, struggle. Yes, and because they were so close together, you know, I didn't really have the time. And part of me was like, well, I'm about to go again, so. Yeah. Well, I guess that's one way to approach it. A lot of people are like, I'm not going again until I get it all off. But for me, my wife insisted on getting pregnant again before I lost all the baby weight from the first one. <laughs> yeah, and now I just I gave up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the sympathy. Um, so did you prepare during your pregnancy at all for what the postpartum terrain would look like? Weight loss aside, just in terms of what you were saying about feeling blue or emotional swings, did anybody talk to you about that before you got there? Because I think that's fairly common No. among everybody, even even with, if you haven't had previous history of anxiousness or sadness. It is. Nobody tells you really, Right. I feel like there are some friends I would talk to where someone along the way would be like, oh, yeah, no, everything just like it's so hard. It's so rough. It's so tough. But it's more like the physical aspects of it and the taking care of the baby and the lack of sleep. And so I I really didn't know much about it. And I just assume it was what it was supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. And baby brain, like baby brain was a huge thing for me. I became... Just like I could never find my words again. My mind was just mush. I could never find my words. I could never remember anything. Like, did my, that start during the pregnancy or not until your baby came? Because those, you know, it started a little bit during the pregnancy, but it really came in afterwards. Interesting, because people call it pregnesia. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense. Sometimes, yeah. But yours was like postnesia. Yeah. <laughs> no, and so I'm like, oh, it's baby brain. And I would always hear women talk about, oh, you know, I've got baby brain and stuff like that. And you'd be like, oh, really? Is it really that bad? And then you go through it and you're like, oh, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's real. And then even just the routines, like just how you would be sleep deprived and how you, but you know. You assume There's that a learning curve on feeding your baby and you, and you assume, said mastitis. And, yeah, and you assume that that's it and that's what's causing this is the sleep deprivation and the hormones and all this. And that you are eventually going to get back to normal. But going back to it, yes, I had the mastitis. And yeah, I had, a, I had a tough time and I had a tough time nursing in the beginning. You know, and you have this constant sense of failure. And am I doing this right? Am I meant to be doing this? Ouch. You're making me weepy. I mean, seriously, there's like tears coming to my eyes right now. It's because you have nothing to compare it to except for when you do try and talk to your friends. And nobody, either they do or they don't get it. And then from that point on, I just made it a point to always discuss that with my friends after that who became pregnant. To let them know. I'm like, listen, I just want to let you know (laughs) afterwards it can be really, really tough. Oh, my God. You're the kind of person who tells people when there's spinach in their teeth. Yeah. Oh, all the time. That's amazing. (laughs) It's my job. I guess it is your job. (laughs) I don't have the confidence. I'm like, I should have told her. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> you let someone walk around with spinach in their teeth. Look, it's, uh, um, everybody's gone green. But yeah, no, I, I always say, like, you know, it's tough to hear this. It's, I'm sure this is not what you want to hear, but let me just give it to you. And if it's the same way for you, then you'll be glad I told you. And if it's not, then I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we used to do a little comedy show. By the way, we're doing another one soon, just FYI. Oh, you are? Yeah, all about having kids, pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. And we called the section when it was all prenatal. We yeah. called the section on like it was like thirty minutes of like hardcore tidbits that nobody ever tells you, or you know, the less pleasant stuff. Right. And we called it what to really expect when you're expecting. 
And it's like all, exactly. all the stuff people, you know, over the years wish somebody would have told them at mm-hmm. least like expect this so that if it happens, you don't feel like you're the only one or you're a failure or you're exactly. a loser. Now, the thing is, though, is everybody, and this is something I do know wholeheartedly, is everybody has their own experiences. For and sure. Everybody has their own experiences. Everybody has their own body. Everybody works differently and has a different outcome and a different story to tell. But I was just really struggling with the fact. So, you know, having a hard time with the weight and my moods and my disposition and, you know, lack of energy, lack of libido, lack of, you know, any kind of interest in anything mm-hmm. <laughs> was just really... Sounds pretty numb. Like you were just That's exactly what it was. It was numb. I was numb. And after the first pregnancy, not as much. But after my second pregnancy, it was like came, it just doubled. And to me, I'm like... I'm thinking, okay, well, it's my second. So my body now is, because there was not much time in between, I guess it's just adding on to what I didn't have time to get rid of. I don't know. So here I was, everything just felt harder. And it just felt like it went to a deeper level of numbness and fatigue and lack of energy, sex drive, all that confidence. I thought a lot of the issues, though, were having lack of confidence because of my body. I was ashamed of my body and the way I looked, and I I didn't feel myself. I didn't know who this person was because I just physically, mentally, emotionally did not connect to who this person was. Were you doing things to try to target each of those different yes. symptoms? What kind of things? So I got a trainer, and I was working out harder than I'd ever worked out before, like hardcore, you know, intensity. He was really kicking my butt and, you know, my eating. And I tried every fad diet out there, but even not fad diets, but even more, you know, like you and I had spoken about different, you know, types of diets and mm-hmm. ways of eating. And, Just healthy eating. Yeah, you know, mind, like, mindful eating. And um, and I was trying to do what I had which done. Which generally, if there's excess weight, we'll do the trick. Mm-hmm. Either one, certainly both, working out and eating well. Yeah, And then it was to the point where I went back and saw my therapist, who I hadn't seen in probably four years or so. And I thought maybe that would help. Is this for the still feeling bouts of anxiousness and sadness? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And feeling down and not feeling good about myself. And, you know, my husband was just like, I don't know what to do. What can I do? Because I feel helpless. You don't, I try to be intimate with you, you refuse it. You know, I try to help you. There's nothing I can do that'll make you feel better. I compliment you. I tell you you're beautiful, you you know, but it doesn't sink in. And you need to figure it out. And I'm here to help you in whatever you need to get there. But we have to try and figure out a way to figure it out. And eventually you did. Yeah find the answers, but it took a long time. Yeah. Um, We're going to take another little break. When we come back, we'll find out how you finally figured out what was going on. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Casey Fee Butterfield. So... After all of that, how long did it take you until you finally figured out, I got to do something else? 
oh, I don't know, maybe it was a year and a half. Like a really rough year and a half. When you say postpartum, I'm not talking about three or four months. No, we're not. And we're also thinking, yeah, because here I am still thinking to myself, oh, it's just because baby brain and lack of sleep and hormones and, you know, all that stuff. But as a collection of symptoms, you're going through bouts of emotional swings, sadness, anxiousness, numbness, like emotional numbness, excess weight that won't come off even though you're working out it harder than you ever did and following strict eating plans, and you were following them. Mm-hmm. You would even come tell me about workouts that you did, and I would sweat <laughs> just while you were telling me the workout that you did. I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lack of sex drive and desire for intimacy. Yeah. So that's a big collection of symptoms while you're taking care also of two little ones trying to have a relationship with your husband and a career. Yes. So how did you ultimately point in the right direction? It was actually my mom who mentioned hormones to me. And she was just dealing with hormones herself. She's with hormone replacement therapy. And she had a doctor, a very open-minded doctor, suggest it to her. And she started doing it and started feeling so much better, like life-changing amounts of energy and just feeling really good and having just a whole new kind of lease on life, so to speak. Mm. And um, she was depleted in estrogen mostly and a bit of testosterone. And so I bounce everything off of my mom. And she's incredibly well-read and well-informed. She's been in the health and wellness industry her whole life. She was an aerobics instructor in the 80s, (laughs) personal trainer in the 90s. Um, She was a Pilates instructor before Pilates was cool. Okay, she must be doing Zumba now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) She knew, by the way, with your first birth, time to go to the hospital right now. Yes, And then I remember her being behind you with the white knuckles. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So she's always reading up on everything. And um, Had you done any hormone testing at that point? Not at that point. And my mom suggested I go see my gynecologist and get some testing done. She said, because I think you might benefit by this. I think this might be an avenue worth exploring. So I went in and we did a panel of tests and they came back and my doctor said, well, your testosterone looks like it could be a little low on the lower side, but nothing alarming. So I can – I'll prescribe you a like a compound cream. Mm-hmm. Like uh, an estrogen cream or testosterone uh, cream? Or? Uh, testosterone cream. Oh, testosterone cream. Yeah. And see how that goes. So I started that. And then I went to my therapist. <laughs> and, and I was still going to my trainer. And it, it was funny because I went to my therapist only once. And I was like, this isn't it. That's not it. Mm-hmm. You knew. I knew. I knew it wasn't what I, I didn't need to talk it out. It was in me. Mm-hmm. And so scratch that. So then I was really frustrated because I'm like, no, these symptoms sound. And my mom said, too. She's like, no, it has to be hormone related. And then my mom, who's also very open to Eastern medicine, and she said, no, I think it's Western doctors will tell you that and they won't get deep enough for you and take a look at things in a bigger picture. Hmm. So then I was just talking to a friend and she said, oh, you have to go see this doctor and he's a nutritionist, specializes in all this. He does an entire blood panel, an entire workup of everything possible. So from hormones to food allergies to vitamin deficiencies and thyroid and brain function and Everything you can think of, this panel will test. So I said, 
great. That is exactly what I need. Look under every stone. Every stone. Let's figure this out. So I did. I went, and lo and behold, I have a thyroid issue in my T3 and T4, depletion in T3 and T4. My serotonin levels were incredibly low. So that affected my mood and my anxiety and my energy and stress and all that. And my memory, Mm. baby brain. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, the baby brain that lasts forever. Um, And then um, more than anything was my testosterone. Women's testosterone levels are supposed to range between 80 and 125. Mine was at a seven. Oh, my goodness. Seven. Wow. Yeah. So. (laughs) That's not even really on the chart. No. So it was like seven months working hard at the gym and seeing no results and not losing any weight. It's because I had no testosterone. Because as much as I wanted to work out and I worked out hard, nothing was going to happen. Because my muscles wouldn't respond to the weight training and to the toning and all that. It just would never have happened. You're essentially a hamster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's – so testosterone is muscles and it's um, energy and huge, huge thing. It's sex drive and libido. Of course. Yeah. So um, – Even testosterone alone makes a lot of your life explained. Well, ex- Exactly. But then also your thyroid and your serotonin. It explains everything, really. It explains everything. And so I am on thyroid medication. I have to give myself uh, testosterone injections twice weekly. Teeny, teeny, itty-bitty drop of it. And then do you test again? And then we test again. And now where do you end up on the chart now? I went up. At one point I was a 90. So in the zone. In the zone. But then I went on vacation and I... Didn't have, you didn't have your shots. I but. didn't have my shots, and I didn't bring my shots, and I went back down. So, Do you have to go in to test every time? Is there like a – Yes. You there's be. no home like, like no, glucose no. monitor, test, no. testosterone no, monitor? No, I wish there was. That'd there be should be. Yeah. But it was just fascinating too to discover these things because then my husband and I had this conversation of this epiphany moment, and we're like, could you imagine – the amount of couples that suffer from this and wives and women who have had these had babies and their bodies are going through these changes. They're depleted of testosterone. They don't know it, but they have zero sex drive and no energy and, you know, lack of intimacy. And, you know, you hear these stories about how, you know, women just, you know, the men are like, oh, my wife won't get in shape and she, you know, she doesn't give me any anymore and, you know, has no time for sex and, you know, and then they go and they they stray and they cheat and then they end up in divorce. And, you know, it's like, can you imagine the amount of people that this actually might be happening to? Yeah, and really how horrible it is. And how much it does affect your life and an entirety. And you just think, oh, it's just because I had a baby that I'm feeling this way. So common. Yeah, it's so common. So common. But, you know, and and some of those things, that's the problem. Like if you knew ahead of time what to expect. Right. Like, you know, the numbers, 80 to 125 testosterone, great. Do you know what to expect in terms of most people experience some kind of emotional swings after that? The baby hormone shifting for sure, massive changes. But what's within the normal realm in terms of what to feel and for how long to feel it? Mm -hmm. And when is it like, wait a second, something's off here? Like a year and a half is just way too long. And like, thank God you survived that. 
because as an individual and as a couple and as a family unit, that's a hell of a lot of strain. Yes. No, absolutely. How soon after you start taking these, um, you know, the thyroid medicine and the testosterone, and do you do anything specific for serotonin, or does that respond to everything else getting better? Um, I have supplements. Oh, natural supplements. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, how long after you start taking things do you start to feel different? It was probably about two months, I think, by the time I was actually starting to feel myself again, like cloud lifting. Are all the symptoms gone now at this point? No, but for the most part, it's so much better. I mean, that frustrating weight you definitely were able to take off. I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm still like it's coming off. It's coming off. It's it like halfway before. to where I still want to be. But as far as my just overall mood and energy and outlook on life and confidence and just wanting to be social again and you know, I mean my job is very social, but can you feel the difference now with testosterone when you're going low? I can. Like it must be that you can. I can now. because when I didn't take it when I went on my trip and stuff and there was like a lull there where I wasn't very being very responsible. I felt it. That's interesting. I'm going to talk. We have a, another guest coming on very soon. Her okay. name is Dr. Stephanie Canali, and we did an episode. She's a medical doctor. She's a family physician, which is a little more holistic in their approach. And they're the whole family's doctor. They work on the babies and they work on the adults and they even do geriatric care within the realm of general care. As soon as you need a specialist, then they recommend a specialist. They stay on top of it, meaning if tests are done, they kind of stick with the results. It's a different kind of practice than America's shifted to, where we all see our own specialists and nobody's managing the care. Right. Uh, But after she had her baby, we have an episode called What's in Your Breast Milk? And after she had her baby, the babies wasn't thriving and they couldn't figure it out. So she's like, well, let's test the milk. But there was no lab set up in this country for testing breast milk with like what's normal, what should be in there, to what degree. And so she created that. It's called Lactation Lab. But in my brain, Shark Tank, there should be like easy to do hormone tests like this where you just, I don't know if it's doable. Maybe this was the whole Theranos problem, but like where right. you should be able to just prick your finger, stick your thing Check into your, your iPhone. Hormones, yeah, and levels. see where's my testosterone? Where's my thyroid hormones? Mm-hmm. Where's my serotonin? I don't know. I'm just saying seems like it would be very helpful to be able to do that. Very helpful. And it just, you need to be balanced in order to function properly. And that just is common sense. And the amount of depletion and ebbs and flows of what hormones do, you know, not just in pregnancy, but also just in women in general, but also in men. For sure. There's a, uh, like what's a midlife crisis? Well, That's men's menopause. Oh, men. Menopause. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait a second. So have you ever felt like you've taken too much testosterone? Does your husband catch you checking out all the other girls? Or I do. It's the 5 o'clock shadow, and you know, <laughs> I start to have to groom myself. Oh, there you go. At least you have experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, that's – I mean, thank you again for coming and sharing your story. Of it's, course. Um, no, it's absolutely – So powerful. And I know people are listening saying, i got to go test my hormones right now. Well, that's the thing, and you should because, um, yeah. But before we go – It answers a lot of questions. I do have one question. What is it? Tell me more about celebrity male grooming. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> I know I quipped about it at the beginning. Yes. So basically I get actors ready. Um, so I do their makeup and their hair for all their publicity for films. So whether it's red carpet, awards, um, photo shoots, press junkets. So It sounds low stress and like very nine to five. 
<laughs> or the opposite of that. It's not really nine to five, but it's. That's what I'm saying. It, like, but there's not actually. I used to work with women. I used to do women's makeup, and as soon as I had my first, my oldest, um, I stopped working with women, and only work with men now. Because women are more time consuming. Time consuming, yeah. 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 yeah, a little more stress. I can tell because when we go Guys out. Guys can be a little more chilled. You think? Yeah. Well, depending on the guy, but for the most part. Truth. It's a but in more terms chilled. of getting somebody ready for something, I assume even on the professional level, like my wife and my daughters, they got stuff to do. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> I just come out, dry my hair, I'm ready to go. Well, that's like sometimes my job is only takes 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, which is It's cool. like being a doula, but only for second time moms who have already given birth. Right. Yeah. It's a much quicker job. Yep. Uh, Casey, I'm very grateful to you. I appreciate you joining us at home. I appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you would like more media about pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting, check us out on Instagram at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N.